Hi there, Lindsay here, the Frugal Crafter. How are you doing today, my creative friends? I hope you are having a wonderful day. And today I want to talk about the not-so-linear journey that we make in our art. I know it's frustrating when we backslide or we plateau, and it doesn't seem like any of our work is pushing us forward. And I want to talk about that today because it's very normal and we all go through it. But if you were just to believe what you see online from the people you follow on Instagram or YouTube, you may think that it's just all we're always upwards, baby. And that is not the way it goes. It's kind of like if you were a, um, a plane captain or a ship captain and you set off for your destination and you get a little bit off course. Well, of course, you're going to go. You're not going to go in a exact straight line to your destination, even if you're going through the ocean or through the air, you're gonna veer off a couple degrees one way and then you're gonna recalculate and you're gonna overcompensate for that. And, and that's how it goes. It's not a straight line. And your art journey is the same way. You're gonna have times, and I, you know, you call it kind of the beginner's magic or beginner's luck when you start off and you are, you have some successes and you grow so fast and you just, get accustomed to those wins, right? And then you hit a point where you're not growing so fast and everything that you, it becomes more of a struggle because you've learned a lot of the new stuff and then it's just, you've got to do a lot of applying and practicing until you get to that next level. And I was walking the dog this morning and I always kind of like daydream and I come up with ideas as I'm walking for different videos or podcasts or whatnot. And, um, and I was thinking about this not so linear journey. And then I thought you learn more from the messes than the successes. And I thought that's what I'm going to title this podcast. And I think that would be just a nice mantra for all creative people or actually everybody just in life in general to keep in mind that you learn more from the messes than the successes. There's something I always say to my students and it's either you succeed or you learn. So it's never a failure. It's never a bad outcome. You can spend a week on a beautiful painting only to um, try something at the end and mess it up and have to redo some of the work. But that's not a failure. You've just learned what doesn't work. What is a quote for Thomas Edison? Um, I didn't fail. I just tried a thousand things that didn't work. You know, I mean, that's what it is. You just keep getting back up. The person that succeeds is the person that gets up more times. You know, sometimes you just get knocked down and you don't want to get up. And that's when people turn away from art or turn away from their hobby and they decide to do something else. And that's fine. It might not be for you. You may decide that, you know, <clears throat> maybe you try basket weaving and you're like, you know what? I put, you know, 100 hours into this and I don't enjoy it and I'm not getting the reward for the effort and you decide to, you know, um, <clears throat> to, to chuck it and give it up. And you know, that breakthrough, that beautiful basket might be your next attempt, but you won't know if you don't get up and try again. But then again, if you're not enjoying it, you can, you know, I think you can kind of determine after after a while some things for you or not. But if art is something that you love and you're putting that time in and, you know, if you're enjoying the process, that's really the most important thing. Regardless, if you end up with a, uh, a beautiful piece of artwork when you're done. I was talking to a friend who had taken up pottery recently and, um, and uh, she rents a space to go, you pay so much a month and you can go and use their facilities. You bring your own clay. And um, I was asking her about firing her pieces. And she's like, actually, I, I haven't fired anything. I'm just enjoying, you know, using the wheel and I just keep reusing the clay. And I mean, that's a perfect 
illustration of enjoying the process. It doesn't matter if you have something to show for it at the end, if you've enjoyed it, if you've learned something. She's learning every time she throws a new bowl. Um, just because she doesn't have that proof or that fired piece at the end, it doesn't mean she hasn't learned the thing. It's just like, you know, you um, you can practice like any sort of performing art and you get better and you get better and you get better. There's no physical representation of that after you've done. Once you've sung a song, it has sung. It's been sung. Unless you recorded it, it doesn't exist anymore. It only exists in the doing. It only exists in the process. So when you're running, you're only running when you're running. That's the only time that exists and you enjoy it while you're doing it. Um, although I have to say about exercise, I enjoy having had exercised. I don't particularly enjoy exercising. I like the fact that I have done it, you know, um, even though that doesn't exist outside of the fact that you're doing it. Uh, unlike, you know, writing a book or writing a blog post or um, creating a painting, you actually have that final thing to show off at the end. So I think that's why we put so much pressure on ourselves as visual artists or as um as writers, anything like that, where we're creating something to be consumed later on, we put so much pressure on that final product that is to be consumed by others that we can sometimes forget to enjoy the process. We can um, labor over something and not like it only to be rewarded at the end when somebody else consumes it. And I think that is, that's a shame. I think that the joy should come from the creating and from the process. If you think of how a child creates, you put paints down in front of a kid, they're not going to spend three hours deciding what to paint or searching for the perfect reference photos or, um, you know, developing a concept. They're going to you stick their fingers in the paint and they're going to start smearing it around the paper and they're going to have a good time. Now, that finished product that they make, I mean, it may be charming in the fact that, yes, my, my darling child created this and it is it is gold because my child does no wrong and they are precious. Hey, I'm a parent. I get that. I know. But, um, you know, honestly, it's it's paint smeared around. Uh, you know, a monkey could do it. An elephant could do it. Elephants have done it. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, it's not something that requires, you know, skill or a lot of forethought. It is pure joy being expressed on the paper. And I think that's something that as adults that we need to experience more. We need that pure joy expressed on the paper or on the canvas or on the card or on the scrapbook page or on the quilt or on the garment or whatever we're making. Because if you're not enjoying it, what's the point? If we're not enjoying sewing, we can go to the store and buy something a heck of a lot cheaper. If we're not enjoying knitting, we can go to the store and buy something a heck of a lot cheaper that we can try on to make sure it fits before, you know, before spending weeks, you know, knitting something. So the, the reason to create is for that joy, to experience that moment of, you know, our worries slipping away, our right brain taking over, our intuit, intuition taking over, and having that pure joy of creation. There isn't too many areas in life where we have complete control and how it turns out. And art is one of those, one of those areas, any sort of the arts, the, uh, whether it's music or writing or painting or quilting or knitting, we have control over that. I mean, there are fundamentals to learn so that we can express ourselves. You know, it's difficult to write a book if you can't read and write. It's, it's like I wouldn't be able to write a book in Spanish because I don't speak Spanish. You know, you do need to learn the language. That's what the fundamentals are. That's what you would learn um, on tutorials on YouTube. That's what you learn in online classes. That's what you would learn in books. That's what you would learn through practice and um, honing your skills and whatnot. But the pure creation of it, that, that comes from your heart and your soul and there's, there's a joy in that. And that's a joy that everyone should be able to experience regardless of their 
um, their lot in life, regardless of the amount of supplies they own, you could have a burned stick from the wood pile from the from the fire pit and you could create with that. Um, and a kid would. You know, you remember playing outside as a kid, you'd pick up like a, a stick from a campfire that had been burned a couple days earlier and you start drawing on rocks or you pick up different rocks and you see what rocks would make marks on other rocks. It's just our pure desire to create that we have as humans. And um, and we shouldn't lose that in favor of only pursuing technical mastery. I mean, technical mastery is important, definitely. Um, but there are artists that are achieving visually pleasing artwork on their first goes because they are just painting their joy. They're painting their experience. And even though it might not have the refinement of someone who has been painting for decades or gone to art school and then painted for decades, it still has a impact and a joy to it. So um, I guess all of this to say is I want you to explore and I want you to enjoy your work and not be so focused on the product and be a little more focused on enjoying the process. And it's hard. I know it is. We, we are, especially nowadays, because we want something to show off. We want to, we want to prove that, yeah, we, we've spent our time wisely. We have this thing to show for it. We're going to post it on social media and we're going to get some likes and, and some comments. And that feels good. I definitely, um, uh, I'm ashamed to say that I rely a lot on external validation with my art. And maybe it's because I make my living from my art, but I definitely love seeing those uh, those comments and feeling like, okay, I did something good. There's proof. You know, I might think I did something good, but like if I post it and then nobody says I did something good, then I, I question my taste. I question um, whether I did a good job or not. And that's kind of a shame. And that's kind of that reality that we're in right now. So my first encouragement would be that um, when you're in that gentle, fragile beginning stage of creativity, whether you're picking up a new hobby or um, you are just kind of um, trying to explore your authentic artistic self, then maybe you keep that private until you're you've developed a little mastery so you don't get knocked down while you're while you're just blooming you know you don't want to if, if you're trying to grow a flower you don't like dump a gallon of water on top of it when it's just a little sprout you, you nurture it you give it enough water but not too much you give it enough sunlight but you don't let it dry out you don't let it get burned in a really hot window you nurture it and you're gentle with it just like you're gentle with a baby or you're gentle with a kitten you're gentle with these things so they can grow and they can be protected while they're learning before they're subjected to the harsh um external forces of the of the world outside your you know protective bubble that's how your versioning creative selves should be cared for. So care for yourself and your creativity like you would that newborn baby or that delicate plant or the little kitten, you know, care for it, take care of it. Don't subject it to unnecessary criticism and, um, and uh, mm, what's the word I want to say? Opinions of others that don't matter. The opinion that matters when you're beginning is your opinion. If you're paying somebody to teach you, their opinion can matter too. Or if you have the, you know, if you have the, um, if you have a, if you have a chance to take a class or you have somebody helping you, yes, of course, take what they have to say of somebody that's more experienced that wishes you the best, take their advice for sure. But, um, uh, but give yourself the grace to learn without criticism to begin with. 
I think anyway, uh, because you don't you don't need to value the general opinions of people that are not artists. You do not, you know, if, if somebody has not walked in your shoes, if somebody has not been where you have been, you do not need to take their advice. Somebody who has been where you've been, somebody who has tried to learn what you are learning is not going to, um, they're not going to judge you harshly. They're not going to put you down. They're going to know how hard it is and the struggle that you're, that you are achieving. That's why I say you could take your teacher's advice. Uh, you take the advice of a friend that's also um, proficient in that craft because they know what it's like to learn. They know the struggle. They know how hard it is and they've been where you've been and they are not going to harshly judge you. They are not going to judge you at all. They're going to, you know, try to help you because they know what it's like. Just like when you're raising a child and you ask the advice of another mother, another mother wouldn't tell you something to harm your child. Somebody that has walked in your shoes is not going to tell you something to harm your artwork unless they're an awful jealous person that, you know, can't take you know, competition, which I don't, I don't think most creative people are like that. I think most creative people are wishing the best and they are wanting to help and nurture others because they have been helped and nurtured along the way too. Um, so, you know, I, I think sometimes we set these unrealistic expectations on ourselves, especially nowadays in visual arts, because we are watching, we're watching videos on like right now, the trend is one minute videos, right? On YouTube stories, on uh, TikTok on Instagram Reels, you want to, you know, condense it down into such a short time frame that when we look at that, even as an experienced artist, we can look at that and say, holy cow, look at how much work she is putting out. Look how fast she did that. When like, you know, if I take a second and think realistic, it's like, realistically, it's like, oh, no, that probably took like a couple weeks. You know, if you see a colored pencil, ultra realistic artwork, that did not happen in an hour's time. That happened over days, maybe even weeks. And when we see it condensed down into a, um, you know, a one minute reel, a one minute video, it can be very misleading. And then we think, how come it's taking me so long? How come my work is has been in this ugly phase for so long? And you don't realize that you have got to push through the messy, ugly parts of a painting to get to the refined parts of a painting. And, um, one thing I hear over and over again from experienced artists when they're critiquing work, it's that it's like, okay, keep going. You know, you're not done yet. And I think that's the, um, the biggest, I want to say it's a mistake. It's not really a mistake. It's just a, um, it's just a lack of experience is uh, like when I'm critiquing work in my critique club, usually though, the one thing that, um, that I don't say it is an issue, but a lot of times they think a, a painting is done. A student might think it's, a painting is done, but you're not done. They're, they're like, why doesn't this look right? Um, I can't figure out what's wrong with it. It's like, there's nothing wrong with your painting. It's just not done yet. You, you're about like 80% done. You've got to put that extra 20% and you just, it just, you just need more time. You need more, you need more time at the table. You need more time at the easel, um, especially with something like uh, um I think like, especially like oil painting or, um, or colored pencil, a lot of times it's just like, you ju you're just not done yet. It just needs a little, another, you know, level of refinement. You need a couple more hours in there. If you've put 10 hours in there, this is a 12 hour painting. You need to put in a few more hours and it's not a criticism of the person's skill. It's just, uh, it's just time at the table basically. Um, and that's, that's a critique you would get from somebody who wishes you well, who has been there, who has done the work and knows, um, 
knows how much further you need to push it. Now, sometimes work gets uh, paintings get overworked as well because you're going for a more refined look than the medium that you are using really will provide. So it might be, well, you might need to switch over to mixed media or you don't really have the foundation or the um, under underpinning underpinnings done properly. Like for instance, for ultra realistic transparent watercolor, there is so much planning that goes into that, that starting off loosely and then working to refinement doesn't work. Um, doesn't work as well. You almost have to paint backwards where you're starting with your, if you're working with transparent watercolor, fully transparent with no opaque white in there, you're almost working backwards. You got to identify all those highlights. So you are planning your highlights, which oftentimes we do as the last step. You're planning that first and you're working around them. And um, because of that, it's a, it's a very long process and it requires a very meticulous drawing. It, it requires, um, a ton of planning and it also requires mastery of the medium which you know means how, how much water do i dilute this to get the exact right shade the first time because i you know otherwise i'm gonna be scrubbing back and you really want to be building up with those lighter layers with that technique so uh so if you started with a kind of a very loose uh splashy watercolor and you've put a lot of pigment down um, to refine that to a like a photorealistic transparent watercolor, you may have already kind of started off on the wrong foot. So you might need to go in with mixed media to bring that refinement up, like going in with colored pencil. It's a it's a quicker technique. It's a technique I actually really like uh, because I don't I I prefer to work. I actually prefer to work dark to light. I usually get my shadows in first and then and then work to light. And um, I also like the body color of the colored pencil. The 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 um, uh, the solidity and volume that you can get with a colored pencil. And part of that is because I don't want to spend 40 hours on a painting and there's nothing wrong with that. That's the paintings are gorgeous. Those, those transparent watercolor botanicals are gorgeous. Uh, but I just know myself and I know how much attention span I have for one particular painting. And that's, um, and I'm not knocking anybody who does it. I think it's, it's fantastic. I think it's gorgeous. Um, but also that, that also speaks to the level of, of social media consumption because I work in, um, I am a visual artist who makes her living basically posting a lot to social media. And so if I spent one week on one painting, then I wouldn't be able to earn a living because I wouldn't have that. I wouldn't be able to keep up with the consumption that social media demands. So if you're not in a position where you are earning your living from it, you shouldn't put yourself under those demands because I could see it really leading to burnout. And, um, and you know you know be true to how you want to create there's no there's no right way to do it there's no um there's no leaderboard there's no like artistic leaderboard where you should be at the certain stage at the certain portion of your career you should create in a way that brings you fulfillment and joy there's such a lack of appreciating the humanities now and i think it's worse than when i was a kid and i'm 45 years old and there wasn't a ton of art in the schools when I was a kid, you're usually your homeroom teacher would provide your art lessons. And I remember when my second grade teacher would bring out crepas, that was my favorite day. I loved crepas. I can like smell a box of crepa and it will bring me back to, which are a type of oil pastels. Um, it just brings me back to, cause that, that was kind of like, you know, these ain't crayons. These are real art supplies because, you know, going from a, like a Crayola crayon to a crepa, it's like going from like, um, 
you know, you're, you're working with something kind of weak and grainy and then the crepe is just so smooth and creamy and, you know, you lay down so much pigment and it's just such a, you know, visceral experience that um, you feel like a real artist, you know, when you're using those crepe pots. So I, oil pastels, I think one of the best mediums to give to children because it's like they're used to crayons. So they're used to that type of expression, but then they've got this like almost oil paint like consistency and color. And it's just, um, it's just such a magical, it's, I just remember it being such a magical experience, but it was our, it was our, you know, second grade homeroom teacher giving us those. It wasn't, we didn't have an art teacher. We, um, I don't think we had an art teacher in elementary school. It was always our regular homeroom teacher that provided our art lessons. And then as you get older, um, you might have an art class special, but it, I don't think we did. I think it was just like in your lower grades, you had art class and then you might have an after school program. I did art on my own. I had an art teacher because luckily I lived near a watercolorist growing up and my mother sent me over there for art lessons. And I was so grateful because there was no arts in the school when I was a kid. And then it seemed like, um, a few years later, like in high school, we had an art teacher and we had a good art program. I went to a private high school. So that was really wonderful because we had that, we had a whole arts building. And um, so we had pottery and painting and drawing and photography and music and um, band and chorus and all of that. And I think a few years later, school started to get art teachers, which we either have an art room or they would travel around to different classrooms. But now I feel like it's going back to pulling away from the arts education and the humanities. And really that's being underfunded. And most of the um, most everything is going into STEM. And I just think it's kind of a, a tragic, a, a tragic change. And I even see some schools going to STEAM where they add art into the STEM program. But I almost think they're just trying to like eke out what funding, what small funding was left for the arts and kind of pulling that back to STEAM, to, to um, the technical math and science and whatnot. And those are good. Those are good things. Those get you jobs. Definitely. Those are kind of like the job training aspects of education but i think education is more of a holistic i think there should be a little bit more of a holistic approach because yes we want our we want people to have good paying jobs absolutely but there's more to life than what you do nine to five there is the personal enrichment and that's why i'm so glad i can provide free classes on youtube for anybody to enjoy regardless of their economic status regardless of where they live in the world um and that's why I review so many budget supplies, because I think that regardless of how much you have to spend, you should be able to create. And um, and I don't like the kind of gatekeeping and um, kind of keeping people out because they can't afford the most expensive stuff if they want to learn. I don't I don't buy that at all. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to provide lessons for free on YouTube for that reason. But I do think that the humanities have a place in schools and really should be taught because not only does it teach you a, a way to have this creativity in your life that will benefit you up into your golden years, but it also gives you alternative ways of thinking and coming at problems. And if you are, um, if you're a scientist, if you're an engineer, if you're a architect, if you're a plumber, if you're a electrician, if you're a financial advisor, if you're a doctor, a nurse, a dentist, any of those vocations, you still need to be able to approach things in creative ways. And not only that, when you've spent all your day solving problems that are very technical, using your left brain, using the analytical portion of your brain, 
If you don't get a break from that, if you don't get a chance to engage a creative self, then you are going to, you are not going to have a high quality of life. You're going to burn out. It's, it's, um, I believe that art adds value to your life. It may not, you know, be a living, be a, be your, you know, the way you make a living, but it's the way you make a life basically. Oh, that's another quote. I got to write that one down. <laughs> art is not a way to make a living. It's a way to make a life. And um, you don't need to make a living at it for it to be worth spending time learning. And um, it's just like writing. You learn you learn creative writing, and that is a humanity. It's not, you know, your technical skill. It kind of is a technical skill. Being able to write well is going to serve you serve you ten times over the amount of time you put into it in any professional career. But it is more of like a, a humanity. And it's one of those things that gets kind of on the chopping block. Teach them grammar. Don't teach them how to be creative writers. But that's ridiculous. It all goes together. It's 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 like having a, a wheel that's flat on one side. You're not going to get far without if you have wheels on your car that are flat on one side. Well, you're not going to get far in life as a human if you are missing a huge chunk of the human experience, the humanities, the arts, the musics. I love music. I've never been, I, I can play guitar, but not very well. I always love singing. I'm not very good at it. But the fact that it is fun to do and it's enjoyable, we should all sing if we want to sing. We should all paint if we want to paint, regardless if we're going to be um, Da Vinci level painters, regardless if we are going to be even able to draw um, anything rec recognizable, the fact that we create is enough. The fact that we have that enjoyment and that we can fill our buckets with that um, is worth it. It doesn't, it's the process is what I'm getting down to. It's the process and not the product. It's the messes and not just the successes that makes it worthwhile. So I hope this inspires you to spend time on the things you love, even if you don't think that it's productive. Um, even if your spouse doesn't think it's productive, your spouse should think it's productive. Your people around you that love you should 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 appreciate the fact that you are a happier person when you get to indulge in these creative um, endeavors. And um, don't think of them, and I say indulge, but I don't want you to think of them as indulgent. I want you to think of them as um as self-care that you deserve. We think of self-care as like bubble baths and things like that, and maybe it is, but I think um, investing in yourself and something that you want to learn and enjoying the process of learning it, regardless if you're ever gonna make a living at it or you're ever going to um, to do anything with it beyond just doing it and enjoying it is worth it. Um, I, there's a YouTuber that I'm friends with. Her name is Shannon Green. And uh, somebody's always, she, she makes these, uh, these junk journals and these altered books. And and uh, somebody says, so what are you going to do with it? And she's like, uh, I don't know. I'm doing it. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't have to do anything with it. I'm enjoying doing it. That's, that's the point. And, uh, and that is the point. Enjoy. Uh, be creative for the sake of being creative. It will not harm you in one way. It may not make you a millionaire. It probably won't but it'll, it'll make your life worth living. And um, that's kind of the point of life, I think. So anyway, I hope you found this encouraging. I hope it made your, your workout or your house cleaning go a little bit faster this week, or maybe you're doing some sketching in your sketchbook. And I think that's fantastic too. Thank you so much for spending a bit of your day with me. I appreciate it. And I hope you have a wonderful, creative rest of your day, rest of your week. Thanks for listening. Until, all, until next time, as always, happy crafting. Bye-bye.